right, welcome to the Mammoth Games podcast. Today, I'm your host, Austin, and I'm talking to Robert Mariner Dodds, who looks like we talked to, um, I think it was like April of 2020 was our last one. Yeah, I think it was about 18 months ago. Yeah, so that would have been after the launch of um, Carbon 2185. Yep. And uh, so that was, let's see, I'm trying to recall. I should have really listened to this ahead of time. Um, probably we were, we had just done shipping or shipping was just coming up and we had PDFs maybe. Who's to say? Um, I don't remember. (laughs) Who's to say? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, the last two years have been a blur for everyone. Yeah. Um, I'm no longer able to tell any amount of time. Can you in the background here? That's fine. Okay, great. Yeah, so um, since then, you've had another uh, successful Kickstarter um, for the basically additional um, missions. Uh, I know the city's source books was tagged in if you wanted to go for a high dollar amount. Um, So kind of, I guess, talk a little bit about that. And then uh, I know, like you're saying, uh, worldwide shipping issues, um, general uh... Brexit stuff. October of last year, so a little over a year ago, we, we ran a Kickstarter for um, Terminal Overdrive, which was a, uh, which is a 150-page um, mission book, a, a, an adventure path, as you might call it, in another system. It also features a new character, Origins. You could play it as a robot, finally. And, um, you know, part of the mission takes place in the, the virtual world in the the sphere as we call it um so that's really fun but you know uh that's been hit by a few delays uh which are really well documented i mean we've posted 38 updates on the kickstarter as of today um we keep people really really in the loop with that everyone knows everything that's happening so um as long as they haven't blocked uh kickstarter emails yeah that's a big problem um <laughs> that is a big problem uh, with pretty much every everyone I've spoken to in the industry um, loses perhaps five five to ten percent of their customers um, pay for the products but never uh, kind of confirm their orders, uh, never give their addresses or or that sort of thing ever. And um, you can't spend the their game. money obviously because you haven't given them their stuff yet and they could ask for a refund so you kind of have to sit on this money from people (laughs) in case they ask for a refund or or the books that they bought you know years ago and um so yeah i mean we've got about on terminal overdrive i checked yesterday and there were 199 people still hadn't given us their addresses to um ship them their products when we when we print them in the next kind of quarter one of next year um that's obviously a problem and we can't reach them because they've uh either on purpose or accidentally unsubscribed from emails from kickstarter unsubscribed from emails from pledge manager who we used to manage our pledges and unsubscribed from emails from dragon saddle games so these people we can't actually reach any way at all I mean, we have their their cell phone numbers, but um, there's all kinds of laws around that. We can't ring them, you know. Hmm. Um, so we can't even about they haven't opted in to allow us to ring them. That's purely for postage purposes. 
That's interesting. That even the, the reason that the number is attached. Send me the list. I'll call them from the U.S. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have the GDPR rules here. Um, they haven't agreed to uh, receive kind of those types of communications from us. So, I mean, we, we know how to reach them, but we can't. Um, and, you know, uh, we just kind of hope that they read the updates. And um, for the most part, it seems that they don't. <laughs> well, eventually <laughs> you know? in like six years, they'll log back into Kickstarter and be like, yo, why didn't I ever get this? And they'll go look into it and Oh, right yeah. here, I can click and well, click I'm, I'm not going to say any names, but a friend of mine who runs another company here in the UK told me that he had someone um, email, uh, complete their checkout process um, for a book for a Kickstarter campaign that was in 2016, and they completed it this month. And then they sent an email saying, where's my book? It's been five years. What's going on? And, you know, he had to reply, like, well, it's not been five years. It's been four minutes since you completed your order. And now we can't ship it because we couldn't do it before. <laughs> Just call Jeff Bezos, get the, like, 20-minute, you know, send the drone to deliver it to their house. Yeah, I mean, even Jeff Bezos can't ship you an order if it's still in your shopping cart. Not yet. You know, not yet. All right, so, yeah, the new book... Um mostly uh like you said like uh, adventure paths mission yeah additional uh stuff for game masters prepared pre-made pre-prepped to be able to yeah. use oh, oh and also a, a reprint of the core rule book um because right. we we had sold out of our stock on that although we recently got some stock on that from a supplier that had gone dark on us about 18 months ago and just stopped replying to all of our phone calls emails every you know we thought they'd gone out of business and we couldn't get a hold of them um until i found you know we had their address of course but they were in uh, a long way from us um i called the the business next door to them and said can you go knock on their door and tell me if they're still in business and put them on the phone and the the person it was an antique store did that and he went next door and he gave them the, the his phone and they said yeah we'll ship you the stuff and it was like you know after 18 months of dodging all of our calls emails everything um and we got a hold of them by calling their neighbor <laughs> you know that's funny i really thought they were gonna just be like hey we have this stack of like shit do you guys want it and we're trying to free up space in the warehouse that's fine yeah I, they haven't been charging us for storage um in all that time so that it must be a big warehouse and they've just yeah. forgotten about it and for some reason blacklisted our contact information again it could be a mistake or it could be incompetence they, they could they could have kind of shifted their business to they're tired of all these kickstarter emails yeah <laughs> so uh we actually just recovered quite a lot of stock and oh. um we're going to be selling that when we get it um and get that all organized we're going to be selling that half price because it's it's old stock it's a, it's the old core rule book um we're going to be selling that on our web store like half price because the new stock is coming in it's 10 pages longer um more or less 10 pages longer i don't know the exact amount yet and it's got you know all of the change fixes and changes rule clarifications extra additional uh, optional rules um a pronunciation guide on some of the 
some of the harder to say words um and you know just just lots of small tweaks um that just make a big difference so that was part of it as well and of course the the stretch goals which were the uh a weapon an armor an items catalog uh for new player options that's really cool i love the way that's turned out um and a another adventure path a 60 page one finishing the uh completing the story that starts in the in the core rule book um so you know and and this is all coming out to the public the pdfs will be available january by the end of january and uh, which isn't too long now it's about you know w- within the next five or six weeks these will be available on our website which you can buy uh, buycarbon2185.com or on drive for rpg they're going to be available there and then the physical copies will be available as soon as we have them you know but there is a printing crisis at the moment and a shipping crisis so we actually don't know how long the printing process is going to take you know, all we can do is send them the files um, and hope and just, you know, they're going to go as fast as they can. But, you know, uh, here in Europe, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world. There's a paper shortage and an ink shortage and a card shortage. So all of the stuff you need to make a book. <laughs> and then they're uh, well, I guess you guys are doing a little better than us, but we're running into worker shortages. I mean, Oops. we're not uh, having that problem. Uh, certainly not in mainland Europe where we do our printing. Uh, we we print in um, Lithuania. We use the same printers as Modifius and Free League. Uh, um, you know, uh, Ga- uh, Games Workshop. Yeah. Pretty much everyone in Europe uses the same printers uh, in the RPG business because they're just the best. And think, they have the best prices. I think prices. has some uh, books coming out pretty soon. They might be trying to steal your uh, cardstock. Yeah, well, that's a problem, right? Because because everyone uses these people, they are usually booked well in advance. Yeah. And they prioritize. They, you know, I don't want to say that they prioritize big orders over small ones, because uh, well, you know, and they, they say they don't. But if probably. I were running the business, I certainly would. You know, because that's business. You're gonna prioritize a a, a hundred a fifteen thousand book order over a two thousand book order, for example. And not just that, but they've probably been working with you know Games Workshop, for example, for like thirty years. Yeah, a long time, a long time. But you know that they, they treat their staff well, they pay their staff well. You know, they're a very ethical employer. Um, and certainly in that part of the world where the wages are typically lower. Uh, they, uh, you know, um, than they are in in this part of Europe. Um, you know, th- that's why everyone uses them because they produce really good stuff. The quality is really good. Um, and of course, you know, they're a good employer. Yeah. What more could you want? That's something we've been talking about now, a lot. They're in mainland Europe, so we don't have to pay Brexit related costs on shipping books in and out of the uk and you know except um on our uk based orders you know that's where we feel the hit of brexit because we we're now distributing from a warehouse in germany um so all uk orders are you know for us making us feel the feel the brunt of brexit 
but the US and the European ones aren't, aren't an issue. That's one of the things I remember when you first told me that I thought was really funny that the the place where the Brexit fees really hit is to send a book to somebody that might be down the street from you. It's more yeah. expensive. Yeah. Or even to yourself. Just it to have costs a, more for me to to send. You know, I actually have. Um, uh, I'm not going to say where I live or anything, but there there was an order from my road. Yeah. Uh, we we do have a backer living on my road, uh, in uh, the area I live, uh, in London, and I know for a fact that shipping to that person, um, on my road, <laughs> you know, a, about a hundred houses down from me, um, costs more than shipping to someone in Paris. Yeah. You know, and of course, when we charge shipping. We didn't anticipate that, so we charged a lower price of shipping for the UK than Europe, and uh, shipping across the board has gone up. So the charges, the prices we charge people across the board are lower than what we're paying out for shipping, like a lot lower. Um, but who could have foreseen the uh, Brexit has gone worse um, than even the worst case scenarios predicted? And, of course, the problem with the Suez Canal caused a massive worldwide shipping crisis. Yep. On top of the already, like you said, uh, the supply the supply chain crisis and everything yeah. like that, that was basically already happening due to various countries. Yeah, so we've got, we've got to navigate that as well as the issues in production that we've had of the book, which is, you know, um, some people being late with the deadlines. Uh, which I don't know if your listeners understand this, um, because I didn't realize. I didn't realize until I was in the industry myself that um, it's kind of it, it works almost like a cascade. When one person is late or something needs rewriting, a cascade effect happens because everyone is freelance. Uh, obviously, we don't make enough money to ha- have a team of staff in house. Um, guys like Modiphius and Free League or Free Legan. They do. They have a team in-house. They have artists, editors, writers, all in-house. So this doesn't apply to them. But for smaller publishers, you know, indie publishers like myself, like EM Publishing, um, we have this kind of cascade effect because we rely on on freelancers for the most part. Um, in fact, we don't have anyone in-house anymore, uh, just me, and then you know, teams of freelancers. So, you know, uh, in, in the production uh, schedule, usually uh, someone will come up with a brief, uh, in this case, me. Um, it gets sent to a writer who's told, you know, write 6,000 words and you have two weeks to do that, which is a very generous uh, amount of time. Usually you would expect 6,000 words to be done in two days. So you give them generous deadlines, um, you know, 10 working days for two working days of work and they say yeah no problem i'll get those six thousand words to you um in two weeks time so then you book in a um an, a proofreader um to for two weeks time to hand those files over to uh for a week then you book in a editor for three weeks time so that you know uh, um and then the map maker for three weeks time as well so the map maker can start making the map the same time as the 
editor is editing the 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 text and not making any dramatic changes then the writer is a week late and suddenly the proofreader is booked on another job and they've missed out on a job because they they kept their schedule open for you and you've cost them work so they're not working with you anymore then the editor is booked and has also lost a week of work then the the map guy is booked and has also lost a week of work so then you know it's delayed by a week initially three people have lost out on jobs then you have to find a new editor map maker proofreader that alone could take several days to a whole week try and fit it in their schedules you know then oh maybe the proofreader's a day or two late and you have the same problem again with the map maker and the, the editor so you know one person being one week late can add to a month of delays uh instantly and uh that's one of the most frustrating things um in this industry that, that does happen a lot and um speaking with other publishers most people's blacklists are twice as long as their as their whitelists of uh freelancers for those reasons that's brutal yeah and we yeah, had I mean, that happen on at least four different occasions on this book and one of them was three weeks late on delivering text and then that caused another two weeks so um this one person's delay ended up costing us six weeks in delays because one person was three weeks late and they kept saying every day i'll get it to you tomorrow i'll get it to you tomorrow i'll get it to you tomorrow so of course you can't then commission someone else to do it because you might actually get, get it to you tomorrow because that person's gonna point, take yeah. two weeks you know yeah and that's brutal too because at that point you know well you're paying twice well you've really handed off too like you can't just say okay just stop whatever you're doing um we'll get it handled or whatever yeah because it's a creative product that's coming out of somebody's brain right like yeah you can't take their brain back and have no, it finish I up mean, on you your can't. schedule um and you know if, if you do that yeah i mean uh, some of the time those writers won't even give you the stuff you know um they're just out of spite you know they'll say okay well if i'm off the project forget it you know you're not having anything i've written we had one case where a guy was a week late kept telling us i have it to you tomorrow i have it to you tomorrow i have it to you tomorrow and then he told us i haven't started it yet well if he does it in a day then he's right he could have it to you tomorrow theoretically yeah and it wasn't a day's worth of work I do that. I do that at work a lot, so I can't really uh, judge. (laughs) But that doesn't cause cascade (laughs) effects because it's a big company you work for. Right. Um, You know, and I think if people realized the effects that their actions have on other people's lives, you know, and I'm not just talking get a book being delayed and people being upset about that, which people are right to be upset about that, and they have, you know. or a publisher getting upset because their book's delayed. I'm talking the other freelancers who have missed out on a week of work or two weeks of work, especially this time of year, um, because of one other person being late. And that that happens more than uh, you'd like. I'll give you yeah, an example. I mean, this book is um, half as long as the core rule book. 
and so far has cost three times as much and taken um two years of production time so taken four times as long cost three times as much for a book half the length wow yeah so that is interesting like i guess i know that uh, anybody who's been following the campaign and has actually been looking at their emails um heard about which the, is limited <laughs> uh yeah so 20 percent of the market here um has kind of followed the was it uh dragon meat dragon con yeah, dragon meat, yeah. so without um discussing anything legally or uh you know stepping on anybody's toes i guess yeah. that is kind of i think that's one of the negatives um should, oh, should can, i give a brief overview of everything that happened yeah, yeah, go ahead. And then I'll um, ask what I was going to say. So f- uh, first of all, um, you know, uh, there was a bit of a misunderstanding with one of the, the news reports that seemed to imply the problem was with Dragon Meat itself. It wasn't at all. The Dragon Meat stuff were fantastic. Um, and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't there. It was just kind of a, a, a slightly misleading headline. Um you know, not, I don't think intentionally, it's just the way it read to some people. Could be misinterpreted. Um, what was that? Could have been misinterpreted. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anyone did misinterpret it, but there was a possibility there. So they changed the headline uh, very quickly. But of course, um, these things stick. So Dragon Meat themselves and the, the, the team were, were great. So what happened at Dragon Meat is that. Um, a trader there had uh, some stock, some carbon stock from some of the stuff we recovered already uh, from this this mystery, uh, this this uh, this company that we thought had had gone under, and we discovered about twenty thousand pounds worth of stock they still had, which was fantastic, obviously for a business to suddenly acquire twenty thousand pounds of stock out of thin air. Um, so we sold some to one of the traders that was going to Dragon Meat. We sold them nine books. And five game master screens. Oh, and I, I think some dice as well. Maybe five or six sets of dice. I don't uh, know the exact numbers, but it's not important. Uh, when they were there, um, and I can't name the trader, obviously. Um, when they were there, um, there were about four or, or five. I think it was four people approached them very angry about the delays to Terminal Overdrive. Um you know, and angry at this trader uh, for carrying stock of ours and for selling it. And, you know, they berated them and they they, they, they abused them and they used some, some really quite horrible language towards them. And, you know, the, the, it's worth remembering the staff on this store, this trader's store, were uh, a couple who were in the early 20s and a 16-year-old girl. And they had to deal with these, uh, so they're very young people. They had to deal with these, uh, these very, very angry, abusive behavior from quite a number of people who are, you know, old enough to know better than to shout at kids, essentially, you know, uh, or, or very young people or, and a kid, uh, a girl, you know, a, a child, um, but, you know, they they were really shaken by this. And at the end of the event, because I, I was there, um, just attending it um, as a guest, uh, not like a, a speaker, but, you know, just an attendee. Yep. And they spoke to me about it and they said it happened. 
and you know i immediately went to and this was after it closed you know um i immediately went to the staff at dragon meet and they said you know uh, and they were really helpful from there on but it was regretful that it hadn't been reported to them at the time because those people would have been removed and you know um the the convention circuit in the uk is very small and uh it would have been pretty much a ban from every event in the uk had they been identified at the time and singled out and they would have just been kicked out because it's completely unacceptable behavior and um we have identified a couple of them i can't say what happened uh to them but uh yeah i obviously you know there's there's loads of reasons um but at the bare minimum i can tell you that we did refund them their money and refuse service um and just tell them you know we we don't want you as a customer um you're not welcome as a customer you're not welcome on our web store uh on you know uh we've got in touch with a few other platforms as well to try and uh see what we can do there on kickstarter and drive for rpg and uh all that stuff but essentially going forward they're on a they're on our kind of red list um and it means that even if they do back our kickstarters in the future they will at the moment it ends their money will be refunded to them and uh they won't get any of the rewards um you know they're not welcome you know and and we we don't accept that we don't accept that on our forums uh on our discord sorry on our facebook uh group we just don't allow it and uh We've had to block a few people and following that incident that happened um some kind of trolls smelling blood in the water decided to um and i'm not sure what their motivation was decided to to start a kind of dedicated um coordinated kind of trolling campaign a misinformation campaign against us as a company and uh carbon as a product and terminal overdrive you know, uh, with just false claims and, um, you know, some people, some actual genuine backers have approached us concerned about these claims. And we've had to explain that they're, they're not true. They're not rooted yeah. in reality. Um, they're just false information. And, you know, if anyone does read anything they think might be a bit weird or suspicious, check on our forums, check on our Facebook group, ask if it's true. And people will tell you uh, whether it is or it isn't. You know, unfortunately, there are some fan groups um, that aren't official uh, where this stuff spreads like wildfire because they've got multiple accounts in in these groups. Um, So they all kind of spread rumors. uh, And of course, we can't moderate fan groups um, from obvious reasons. But our official groups and our official kind of Kickstarter page and Discord email our support email um and our facebook page and our twitter uh is where you can come to check the facts and uh that's really all we can do um and like you said i I think you've been extremely transparent and um that's what i'd kind of been building to where you know this has happened with a lot of kickstarter projects where you know kickstarter is not really a storefront you know, it's not a no, it's not it's Amazon not. marketplace or something. It's I, I mean, you know, I kind of joked that there were, you know, so many people that donate money and 
never even request their product or let you know that that person exists on the other end. But really, yeah. I mean, there is in a lot of ways on Kickstarter, you kind of have to kind of take a leap of faith and say, this might come out. This might not. It might be what I wanted. It might not. And, you know, there yeah. are different ways well, to use I Kickstarter. Mean, if if you take a look at the terms and conditions of, of Kickstarter and when you sign up for Kickstarter and when you even make a pledge, it, it tells you very clearly it's not a store. You're not making a pre-order. Right. You are pledging money to help a creator that you want to support um, for whatever reason, whether it is just to get the goods at the end or whether it's because you support them as a company. And you are... Um, you know, uh, taking the role of uh, benefactors in pledging your financial support. And as uh, creators, we promise to try our absolute hardest uh, with full transparency to deliver you guys rewards based on how much money you've pledged. Um, You know, it's not a store, you know, Um, it's very different from a store. And I think people get confused despite the many, many, many times Kickstarter explain that it's not a store, despite uh, how clear, you know, the language used is, the, the backers, uh, the rewards are rewards. And, you know, we we can only promise to try our hardest to get the rewards to people. And of course, that is legally binding. We do have to try our hardest uh, if we were to just take the money and run we could be which, sued that has happened <laughs> you know? a couple times and there have yeah, been some which, lawsuits and related. They, they, they do get sued you know um we have to try our absolute hardest to get those rewards to people as we've promised them and um you know whether those rewards are delayed again it's estimated delivery on kickstarter we try this is the first time we've been late with a product and this is our eighth kickstarter wow. you know um so we always deliver on time. And also, I mean, it's in the middle of a, you know, global uh, once in a lifetime pandemic that's causing yeah, and our Brexit entire and the shipping uh, crisis all happening at once. Yeah, it's causing our entire uh, economy, worldwide economy to take some hits. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think that is like we've been talking about this a lot. Um, anybody in in on, the, you know, MGI that has um yeah, we've all worked retail. Some of us are still in like a customer facing position. Uh, I did everything I could to not be. Um, but it, it seems as if people have really been kind of mildly driven insane by the, depending on country, attempted lockdowns and things like that. Like customers yeah. are getting worse and worse. And there is like this subgroup of well, people I, that I are think just that because malicious. everyone in the whole world is suffering and has been suffering for almost two years now and the you know and everyone's taking that out differently you know some people are have a shorter temper you know a lot of people have a shorter temper myself included um you know and some people take that out on uh retailers um well you have a huge yeah you have a huge position of power on really any company that you are paying money to that helps them run. Yeah. Cause you're kind of the boss, especially in, I mean, in the West and the United States in particular. Um, yeah. I mean, we're answerable to our backers, like other companies are answerable to their investors. Right. 
unfortunately, you know, unlike other companies, though, our investors send us threats of harm and you know some well, that of the, might happen i don't know i've been watching a lot of succession on hbo you know <laughs> you know um you know typically an investor who has uh, a very small stake in a company you know a uh, hundred pounds 200 pounds 500 pounds um if they're like that they would just be bought out by the company and essentially that's what we're doing when we're refunding these people and refusing them yeah. service um, so we are answerable, answerable to our backers, and that's why we are fully transparent. Unlike some companies are not transparent at all; they're radio silent. But we are fully transparent because we consider backers part of the company. They are the ones paying our wages. They're the ones paying for the artwork. Uh, it's because of their support that we exist. We started the company with no investment. We've had, well, with I started with the money I had at the time, which wasn't very much. And the only investment ever in this company has come from myself and from backers. We've never had an investor. We've never sold any shares. Uh, we do have shares, but I own all of them, <laughs> you know, um, because we're a limited company. We have to have shares. Um, no, uh, you know, the backers are as much Dragon Total Games as I am. Um, because, you know, they fund it and we're answerable to our backers. And that's why we are super transparent. We've posted 38 updates, um, you know, another one possibly today or maybe Monday. Um, bring it to, to 39 within the next few days. Um, I'm constantly reachable on Discord, by email, on Facebook, um, to any backers because they are part of the machine. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, they're part of the company. It's a, it's, a, it's a group of thousands of people. And I definitely have seen, like you said, um, you are quick to respond to people's questions and feedback and stuff. And, you know, I, I guess I can't say yet, but I'm sure that there are times when somebody, you know, hits you with a good idea that you're, Oh yeah, I can take a piece of that. And there's there might be something in there. And uh, uh, legally, I have to say that that's never happened and I've never used anyone else's ideas. Yeah. But TM, truthfully, uh, TM, TM, TM. it's a different, <laughs> right. it might be a different story. Who knows? Or, you know, you watch the new, um, I know that one of the things we referenced in the past was, uh, the uh, Denny uh, Villeneuve, not sure how to pronounce that, Blade Runner. Yeah, um, Denis, uh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah, I don't trust uh, French-sounding people. So. Um, <laughs> I think he he might be French Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Even worse. <laughs> One of our layouts is actually <laughs> a, a French man from uh, Canada. He's he's fantastic. Um, also a director. What do you think of uh, Quebec independence? Any comments on that? I'm uh, not familiar with it at all. Okay. It's like Scottish independence, probably not happening, but yeah. I mean, I fully support Scottish independence. Um, I think it's great. I think people, you know, I think I think it's kind of silly that uh, the people in London are making laws and rules for the people in Scotland, a completely different country, hundreds of miles away i think i think it's ludicrous um scotland also overwhelmingly voted to stay in the eu so brexit was uh has caused them economic hardships that no one in the country that the majority in the country didn't want uh, the majority of the people in in scotland didn't vote for 
uh, Boris Johnson. And, you know, overall, they're having all of these, how is that democracy? They're having to, it's a different country uh, who don't have their own autonomy. They don't have their own, uh, the people and results they're voting for, they're not getting. You know, so I, I support their independence and not just because I am, Partially Scottish. <laughs> well, you wouldn't really benefit from it, I imagine, unless maybe they. Can I get would actually a better, suffer uh, from it being yeah. in, in yeah. The, being in England. <laughs> so I'm still. Uh, I've, I've been talking about the Gaelic Republic for a long time. Ireland, Scotland. Yeah. Hey, throw Wales in there. Hey, I mean, if you're really getting crazy, Cornish independence. You know, not I, a lot of support I, for that I anymore. I don't think the Cornish people want independence. I don't I think, think there are like being enough. English people that could trace pure Cornish descent to be able to vote on anything. Yeah, there's not. Um, I think it'd just be by postcode. Yeah. yeah. So um, looking to the future, I mean, I know that um, this has been probably your biggest challenge. Well, certainly in the uh, aspect of delays, um, um, order fulfillment, stuff like that. Yeah, we've learned a lot. Well, I've learned a significant amount um from the production of this book um you know when i made the core rule book like i said it was done in significantly less time for a lot less money and for, for a lot bigger as long yeah. and very very well received i think it's got an average of 4.8 stars out of over 100 reviews on drive for rpg and that was delivered early and on budget I thought that I had learned lessons making that book and I applied those to terminal, the production of Terminal Overdrive and it's fallen through the floor. And I realized that uh, looking back now and speaking with our accountants um, and stuff like that and uh, um, managers and that sort of thing and uh, um, advisors, that the production of the core rule book was actually done almost perfectly <laughs> by chance, you know, by, by chance. It was the first major book we'd made. And by chance, we had hit the production style and schedule almost spot on. You know, um, we, we worked at the same pace as the, the other big companies, making a core rule book in six months for the same kind of budget. And, you know, obviously, because it was our first time doing it, we assumed that we had done a lot wrong. And there were ways to refine it and change it. And obviously, that's not true, seeing how uh, how things have gone with Terminal Overdrive. So we're going to be going back to the, our old way of working, where we can make a whole 300-page book in six months. Um, and we're going to be doing that from now on. We're going to be doing it that way. And whether it be a 300-page core rulebook for a new game or a 60-page adventure, we're going to do it the technique and the style we did for um, the core rulebook. Well, did because the difference, was... like, I don't know, I feel like the core rulebook is easier to break up into segments, whereas a, you know, a mission book is almost closer to like a linear novel or something. Did that have an impact on it? Well, one of the biggest um so when we when we wrote Terminal Overdrive, and this is the standard technique, and we didn't do this wrong, uh, we had one author, um, Ben Counter, uh, of Games Workshop fame, New York Times bestselling author Ben Counter. I gave him my ideas, 
um i had a meeting with him and i gave him my ideas and said can you write x amount of words for the first section of the book and an overview for the rest key npcs key plot points and then we gave that overview in three chunks to three different authors to write their part so that they would all meld together and mesh together and that is the standard way of doing that um with the core rule book i um i wrote i wrote over 90 percent of the words in that book and that seems to be you would think that four writers writing simultaneously um you know one section so for example ben writing a someone else b someone else c someone else d all of them can write their sections of the adventure book at the same time meaning that you could do a book in a month you know a month of production a whole 150 page book well you would think that would be faster than one person sitting down and writing the whole thing start to finish but it turns out it really isn't because of potentials for delays and the, the cascade effects we spoke about before when you have uh, more more cogs in the system there's a much higher chance of something going wrong now of course relying on one freelancer to write a whole book for you is a huge gamble as well so pretty much going forward um the difference is that i will personally be taking a step back from management positions and customer service and freelancing out those roles and i will be doing the lion's share of the game design myself because um the game design is where we can't afford or there to be delays right. and you know i know that i'm not going to have delays i mean basically I'm not, yeah other i'm not than, a fast uh, writer by the way i know uh, there might be writers out there listening game designers uh who think that i'm 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 bragging i'm not a fast writer um typically when we employ someone we expect them to write three thousand words per day um you know uh some people we've worked with can write five thousand or six thousand words per day when i write i typically write one and a half thousand words per day that's you know i have dyslexia it takes me a very long time to write but even with that slow pace compared to the average half the speed of the average when i'm writing my own work for my own company there's no delays and so there's no cascade so although i'm writing at half the pace it's ending up finished sooner well yeah other than like um you know health issues or yeah which there was a lot of this year like uh that's why we had to rely so much on freelancers on this project because of this year i've had uh over six months off work with health problems but thankfully that's all resolved now or you know close the pipeline resolved enough that i can go back to work yeah so um i guess looking to the future obviously you want to get what's on your plate now done first yeah which will be very soon right um probably gonna take a little mental uh decompression time oh, well to... we're taking um we're getting all of the playtest material out today if people are on time with the stuff they're meant to submit 
But as we discussed earlier, that might not happen. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it'll be out Monday. Um, and once that's out, I'm going on a. Everyone is going on a break until the third of January. Uh, so there'll be kind of silence. Uh, but and that's only silence because there will be nothing happening. Yeah. You know, there won't need to be any updates because no one's going to be doing any work because <laughs> we're taking a festive Holiday. break. Um, the update will be I had a Christmas pudding. Uh, you know, my jeans don't fit anymore, that sort of thing. Hey, I mean, if you really want to be transparent, you know, <laughs> you have to make some personal sacrifices. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, th- then in January, we're going to be taking all the feedback that we get from the playtest material. And we're going to be finishing up the book. And I think that um, the book is, I would say, very, very, very. I was, I've been formatting it myself, or finishing the format myself, because our layout artist is pulled out after a six-week break of uh, no communications. A perfect example. And then, you know, it's a, it's only a two-week job, and they went silent for six weeks, and then said, well, "We can't finish it." So uh, I'm finishing that myself, and I've been working on that this week, so I've been reading the whole adventure start to finish, and I've been doing it start to finish because you have to with layout, because obviously if you <laughs> if you lay out the end of the book and then move stuff around at the beginning, everything at the end changes. So you have to do it start to finish. I've been reading it start to finish, and it's a really great book. It's really, really good, and you wouldn't know there were any problems with delays and people pulling out because it's come together perfectly and the writers and editors have done a really really great job and it looks fantastic visually the artwork the maps um the layout the color scheme everything looks great it's a really good thing and frankly i was i was fixing errors as i found them um in the text which was rare so I don't think there's going to be much feedback at all to change in January for the final release. Uh, if there is, it will be minimal. But uh, you guys will have two weeks with it pretty much before before we even start reading people's feedback before we're back in the back in the office, so to speak. Yeah. So um, by the end of January, I fully expect Terminal Overdrive PDF and the Stretch Goals PDFs to be out. And then I would expect the core rulebook updated version to be out um, by the end of February, which has been slower because we had a data loss and we lost the original layout files for that. Um, So we only had the PDF. So we've had to reverse engineer it and rebuild that from scratch, which is obviously a huge undertaking, taking all of the text out, editing the text, uh, you know, and then rebuilding the file. So that... That's taking longer. We thought that would be a, we thought the reprint would be a very fast job on that. Yeah. You know, we thought that would be a, a couple of weeks work, just adding in some extra stuff that we'd already written, doing some changes, uh, tweaking the layout. But it's turned out to be a complete rebuild from scratch of the core rulebook to resemble the original core rulebook as closely as possible, uh, but with this additional content. So. That I think that will be out by the end of February, but by the end of January, publicly for sale will be Terminal Overdrive, Chow's Request, and the KHMA catalog. Perfect. Yeah, so obviously 
some issues, but I mean, I, I think, um, even considering that that's not a bad turnaround and no, I think, you know, um, it would be, I think, uh, a year, just over, uh, uh, 18 months. I would expect it to be to pe- for people to have their books, barring another paper and ink and card shortage, I would expect yeah. people to have their books or at least them be in the post to them within 18 months of the original campaign. Yeah, let me look at my... Um, I am a Kickstarter super pledger. I've done 44 projects, with the earliest being... Uh, oh, doesn't show the original date. But... Um, you know, I've been, I'm a big Kickstarter guy. So my earliest project, this is a famous Kickstarter failure. Um, the Jeremy Soul, uh, orchestral, yes. like Skyrim yes. style. Uh, so that, that ended in, let's see, the Northerner. That's what they, that's what they called it. So, um, that was original, some time ago. That was in like 2012, I want to say. But Jeremy Soule went on record this year saying that every single person who's requested a refund has got one on that project. Well, that's true. They had a limited refund window. Oh, there was a limited window. So you can still email them directly, and they sort of are. They sort of have to give you a refund. Yeah. Kind well, of. it is. It is um, uh, legally binding. They. As we yeah. discussed earlier, you have to try your hardest to get the rewards. Yeah, 2013, it looks like. Uh, I backed Goddess on uh, oh, yeah. Starter. Yep, I think I have that in here. Let me find it. Maybe <laughs> maybe I just picked it up afterwards. And that that was never finished. That was never finished. Well, you can play Goddess Wars, which is totally different and bad and not yeah, interesting. it's not Goddess. I mean, Goddess yeah. was released. There's like a beta uh, version, basically. A beta, yeah, which I liked. It would have been nice to finish the game. <laughs> what did uh, Mr. Molyneux say recently? I think he wants to get into an NFT game or something. Yeah, I, Molyneux. Yeah, I don't. Um... Born scammer. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. NFT game legacy. Um, well, I know that he left. Uh, allegedly, he left the company that was making um, Goddess when it became clear that it wasn't going to be finished. And he paid himself a severance fee in the six figures, taking most of their remaining cash with him. Nice. And of course, it's legal. And yeah, suddenly he was off the hook because he didn't own the company anymore. And it was the company that had pledged for the Kickstarter and not him personally. Um, so yeah, I don't touch anything he, he does. And he hasn't really He's, done uh, good for a long time. He... The, so their NFT game legacy has already early player investors have already poured in 54 million US dollars. That's crazy. He'll be all right. So he's actually done better this time than his well, last one. He's yeah. You know his original story is just that his company name was similar to a computer company and they got a bunch of computers delivered and he said, uh, yeah, we're that company. And they were they pivoted. <laughs> they were like. They were a reseller of something like they would receive, they would buy stock from somewhere else and bring it in and then sell it. In wow. I, have no idea about that. He's a legend. I like a lot of his stuff. You know? Yeah. I, I he, love, he actually I was like, yeah, he, he invented a genre of game sort of, um, mm-hmm. 
the and it, it's funny too that Microsoft recently has come out and said, "Hey, we totally fumbled on Lionhead. We completely we fucked them over. Yeah. We should not have done what we did." And they they list that as one of their big regrets, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah. So there's uh, 18 months from campaign to things being a post is not ridiculous. It would right. be kind of 14 months, I think. Um, from end of campaign to stuff going to print. And when I say going to print, I mean handing the files over to the printers, at which case uh, no one can say how long it will take for things to actually print and ship from that stage onwards, but that's completely out of our hands. Um, Hopefully that's in North Lithuania. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, there's some situations going on over there. Yeah, I don't know where it is in Lithuania, uh, but I can I can check. But um, yeah, Belarusia is uh, having. Well, I mean, I spoke with them here. relatively recently, and they said that they haven't got a backlog at the moment. They haven't. They're okay. not experiencing any delays because they're such a big uh, company. They're able to source stuff other people aren't. However, prices for production have gone up. So. The profits we were going to make on Terminal Overdrive are close to non-existent um, once everyone gets paid uh, because shipping prices have gone up and printing prices have gone up. So um, we already have a Kickstarter planned for immediately after those goes. Once those go to print, we can run another campaign uh, for a digital-only um, campaign. And that's already finished. That's already finished, laid out. It's been finished and laid out for two years now. And we're just sat on it, waiting for the chance to actually run a Kickstarter and, and sell it to people. Because, yep, you know, the redemption there's no product. point releasing it outside of Kickstarter because, uh, you know, Kickstarter makes 20 times the money any other platform does. Mm-hmm. So it would be, be a terrible move to release anywhere else. Um, so as soon as Terminal Overdrive is over, we can run another campaign for a product that is already finished, PDF only, no digital, no physical rewards. And then the moment the Kickstarter ends, we can download people's email addresses and send it to them within an hour. If you fill out your backer survey. If they fill out their backer survey. Well, we don't actually even need people's backer surveys for that because it's digital only. Um... You know, it helps. It helps for tax reasons. It helps us for tax reasons to know where our customers are because we pay different taxes and, uh, and that sort of stuff. But um, that's actually finished. It's finished. It's been finished for a long time. Um, it was finished when there were no issues with Terminal Overdrive. We were running a couple of things at the same time. And we're just eager to get that out because people are going to love it. We've also got merch. Uh, that's coming. I can't say too much more about that. But that's not going to be run by us. That's a um, a company we've teamed up with in the Philippines um, called Evil Corp, uh, which is a fitting name. Yep. Uh, Kage e- Evil Corp. And they've designed some really, really cool um, carbon merch. And they're going to be running a, a campaign for that. Not us, obviously. Um, but they're going to be running the campaign for that. We're going to be pointing people towards it and saying, hey, this is official merch. These guys are experienced um, in getting T-shirts and hoodies made and printed and delivered. 
So that's why we're not handling it because we have no experience. We wouldn't even know how to do that. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be handling it. We've basically given them a license to use the brand. And, uh, you know, we, we obviously take a cut of that um, as any licensing deal. But, yeah, so that's going to be uh, next year. We also have miniatures that are finished. <laughs> the files are finished, uh, but we don't have a manufacturer or shipper for those. So we're thinking we might release those as digital only as well and just run a short two-week Kickstarter campaign for that. Because um, we've got a backlog of small projects like the the merch, like the um, the 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 adventure book coming up, and the miniatures that we just haven't been able to kickstart because of Terminal Overdrive. We've also got a a remastered version of our first products, the Drag and Drop Adventures for Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, with new higher quality art higher quality maps, um, a rewrite, a re-edit throughout. That's going to be about 120 pages. And that's finished as well. <laughs> you know? So uh, can you can you not run multiple Kickstarters at the same time, or are you choosing to not do it because of it would kind we of look We chose weird. not to do it. Okay. And that's then two months ago, Kickstarter changed their rules so you can't do it even if you but wanted to. Even better. Perfect. Yeah, so we chose not to do it for the sake of... Um, not transparency, but being being straight with our customers. We didn't want people right. to think, hey, why, why are they running another campaign? They should be putting all their resources into this one, and that's what we're doing. We're putting all of our resources into finishing well, yeah, this one. Especially, I mean, if if uh, if it was like the core rulebook, I guess, and it just, you know, bang, bang, boom, went out the door, it wouldn't be, yeah. you know, but when you have unforeseeable uh, delays and stuff, that's when people are like, hey, this was a smash and grab. You know, yeah, so exactly. Exactly. I so I, I, I we didn't want people choice. to feel that we were wasting resources on yeah. trying to cash grab yeah. when we could use those to fulfill our previous promises. Um, so that's what we chose to do. And then Kickstarter changed the rules anyway. <laughs> yeah, Kickstarter saw that you were right. They took your idea. <laughs> but um, they do allow exceptions. Um in some cases, and I think that's that's what we're going to do for the um, digital-only ones because, uh, obviously, we're a company, we need money, and we haven't had any income for the past 12 months. Yeah. Um, and it's been a rough 12 months, <laughs> as yeah. everyone knows. So we need money. Um, so once we send those files to print and they're in the printer's hands, our, our role, in the, role in it is over. Uh, even from that point onwards, the shipping company takes control of customer service and you contact yep. them instead of us. So once it goes to the princes, it's out of our hands completely. And there's nothing we can do to speed things up or slow things down from there onwards. Um, so from that stage, I think Kickstarter will allow us to run another campaign Um because you know we've done everything we by that point we would have done everything we can on that you know uh, if that makes sense yeah so don't want to keep you all day um no. on your your final uh, week leading up to christmas here yeah yeah i've got to crack on and uh get these stat blocks in the pdf uh so i can um that's pretty much all that's left to do on terminal overdrive i've got to put the stat blocks in and I'm waiting on 
um, some art pieces. Uh, and when I say art pieces, four of them are kind of page headers that just say, you know, the, the title of the chapter. Yeah. Um, and I've seen them. Um, but the artist had to, it's, it's booked all day today. So I had to go, I saw them this morning at 6 a.m. UK time, and he had to go away for 12 hours <laughs> on another job, and he's going to come back and upload them to our drive at yeah. that point because he he just hit his deadline so those will be with me today and we're waiting on a map to be created one map the the, the finale map <laughs> because the finale had to be rewritten um for uh, uh streamlining reasons um a week ago and so the map had to be redone so we're waiting on the finale map which I haven't seen a draft of, but I'm told I'll have it today. And the other things which I've seen finished thumbnails, but just not, need the final. Just yeah. need the files. So that's it. And then um if everything goes to plan, Testing. it'll be out today. Yeah. If it doesn't go to plan, then it will be out Monday. Because if if I don't get this map today, I will commission someone else to do it over the weekend. Um so that I have it Monday. So I can release this Monday because people are itching to play it. And this is the complete PDF start to finish. I think that if there are any errors with it, then there's bound to be, you know, uh, with anything, you know, even with proofreaders and editors and me going through it, stuff slips through. I think there'll be minor changes. Um, so this is very, very, very close to the final version. It's completely playable the whole way through. You can start your campaign. As soon as possible hopefully this weekend but if not uh, on monday and uh, i hope lots of people are on their kind of festive breaks now anyway so they might have time to start up their campaigns before uh christmas all right which uh oh we don't get demonetized for saying christmas do we it depends on if the pc police catch it or not <laughs> i know that um on some platforms, there are there are words you can't use because uh, you get demonetized. Uh, oh, you haven't been listening very much. <laughs> <laughs> we we've used every word. Yeah, I know a lot of um, YouTubers are avoiding using the word COVID or pandemic. Yeah, because it can immediately be flagged for disinformation or something. So if, if you, say if you are, stupid. you can feel free to cut that out. No, nope, absolutely me. not. I'm gonna double it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's been great to talking today. to you. And um, I hope that the listeners got a little bit of insight into how the world of game publishing works and how it's uh, how it does many work. times a house of cards. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks for talking to us today.